0: Okay, please can we open our Bibles to Revelations 1. The revelation from Jesus Christ which God gave him through his servant, what must soon take place? He made it known by sending his angel to servant John, who testifies everything he saw. That is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy And blessed are those who hear and take it to heart what it is written, because the time is near. John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty.
1: So let's continue this thought about faithfulness. Uh, And we've been going through this fruit of the Spirit on Sunday mornings because we know that we are more than body, bone, brain, and blood. We have a mind, we have a soul, we have a spirit. And so we want to be spiritual people, just as Jesus Christ was a spiritual man, the ultimate spiritual person. And we're asking this question then, what is it to be a spiritual person? And we said the greatest portrait of a spiritual person is in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, which is on the screen. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are nine character traits of a spiritual person. And put together, they make up a spiritually beautiful person. And every Sunday, we've turned our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ because we've seen these nine things in him. And we've said that the fruit of the Spirit is not the achievement of a a Christian. It's not from the... um, Effort of a, a human being, but it's the Spirit working on our Spirit to produce His fruit in us. And that happens by gazing and contemplating on the Lord Jesus Christ. So every Sunday we fix our eyes on Jesus to see how the fruit of the Spirit worked out in His life. So we've seen Him as a man of love and a man of joy and a man of peace. A man of forbearance, and we've seen him as the kindest person who has ever lived. And last week we noticed that he was the, the greatest good man ever. So this morning we think about faithfulness. And Jesus Christ is the most faithful person who has ever walked this planet. Of all the billions of people on the planet today and all the millions that have lived throughout history, Jesus Christ is the most faithful person who has ever been on earth. Faithfulness. When we think of faithfulness, well, the uh, young people said it in the children's talk, when we think of faithfulness, we think of loyalty and reliability, consistency, trustworthiness, and truthfulness. And we see faithfulness as a, a prized quality to have in all our relationships. In our marriage, in our parenting, friendships, in our church life, in our workplace, in our work team. Faithfulness, such a great quality. And it's just so good to have a a faithful husband or a faithful wife, a faithful mum or a faithful dad. It's so good to have a faithful friend, a faithful work colleague. So good to have someone you can depend on, someone that's as good as their word, someone who keeps their commitments, a a person who is reliable and trustworthy, someone that will stick by you, a faithful friend. As Karatikas Potts put it in that theological film, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. It's great to have someone to muddle through with, to share joy or despair with, someone to smile once in a while with, I've got you too. It's great to have a faithful person around you. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 20. A faithful person will be richly blessed. The scriptures are full of people who are faithful. The Apostle Paul said that Timothy was his faithful friend. He said, Epaphras was a dear fellow servant who was a faithful minister of Christ Jesus. And the Apostle Peter spoke of Silas, whom he regarded as a faithful brother. So you've got these faithful people in the scriptures. And that makes me ask, am I a faithful person? And it should make you ask exactly the same. Are you a faithful person? I often get asked to write character references for people when they are applying for jobs or voluntary positions. And uh, these are amongst the top four questions that I'm asked. One, does the applicant respond well to authority? Two, does the applicant work well in a team? Three, describe the applicant's character, e.g., their reliability. Four, is their contact with the opposite sex appropriate? So none of these questions are directly asked, is this person faithful? But actually they are all about a person being faithful. It's what an employer looks for. It's what a team leader looks for. It's what a church looks for. It's what friends look for, faithfulness. And our faithfulness can be seen to our spouse, to our children, to our friends, our work colleagues, and our church. But what about our faithfulness to the Lord? How is our faithfulness to Jesus seen? To be faithful to someone means you are committed to that person. Commitment is a vital part of faithfulness. And we make that commitment to the Lord Jesus on the day of our baptism. When somebody becomes a Christian, they want to be baptized to show other people they've become a Christian. And one of the most popular baptismal songs in the past was this. Oh Jesus, I have promised to serve you to the end. Be now and ever near me, my master and my friend. I shall not fear the battle if you are by my side, nor wander from the pathway if you will be my guide. It's a promise to love, honor, and obey our husband, Jesus. And we make that promise that we will stick with him. Baptism is right the start of our promise. Lord, from now on, I'm committed and faithful to you. I am yours every day. We promise to take up our cross daily and follow him. We promise to serve him to the end of our lives our commitment to him and our faithfulness to him should be seen not just on the day we become a Christian, but throughout the whole of our Christian lives. High heaven that heard the solemn vow, that vow shall daily hear. Daily we seek to be faithful to the Lord. So, how does the fruit of faithfulness grow in a Christian? How does it happen Well, it happens like the other fruit of the Spirit grows in a Christian by fixing our eyes on Jesus. So let's consider the faithfulness of Jesus. He is the ultimate faithful one. We've got three verses on the screen. Uh, Tony read out the first one for us. Revelation 1 verse 5. Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness... The firstborn from the dead. The ruler of the kings of the earth. Revelation 3.14. He is the faithful and true witness. The ruler of God's creation. Revelation 19.14. At the end of the world, I saw heaven standing open. And there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. This is Jesus. The ultimate faithful person. The only one who's ever been faithful for the whole of his life. There was never a day he was unfaithful. Never a moment he was unfaithful. His faithfulness is displayed gloriously. And his faithfulness is seen in two ways. The first way is this. His faithfulness was seen to his father. So on the screen, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. He was faithful to the one who appointed him. The one who appointed Jesus was his Father God. And the faithfulness of Jesus Christ is seen in that he was faithful to his Father God. In particular, to the task and the mission that his Father had given him. Jesus showed great faithfulness to his Father in completing the task and the mission that he had. And what was that task and mission? It was to seek and to save the lost. Jesus said in John 6:38. For I've come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. He was faithful to the one who appointed him. I've come to do the will of the one who sent me. The one is exactly the same person, the Father God. So I'm going to be faithful to him, and I'm going to do the will of my Father God. And Jesus was faithful in doing that. Throughout the whole of his life, he was utterly committed to, to doing the will of his Father. What was that will? Well, before time ever began, the Father, in conjunction with the other members of the Trinity, they made this plan that they would save so many people to get them to heaven that you couldn't even count the number of people they would save. There would be an uncountable number of people to get to heaven. But in order for those people to get to heaven then somebody had to make it happen. The Father was the key instrument in planning that salvation. But someone had to come to earth to make that salvation happen. It couldn't happen just by a decree shouted from heaven. A human being sinned. A human being had to pay the price of that sin. Someone had to become a human being. And the son said, I will go. I will make it happen. I will make salvation happen. And so the Lord Jesus, throughout the whole of his life, lived this selfless faithfulness to his father in making salvation happen so that the plan of the father could come to pass. So you look at the life of Jesus, his birth. I will leave heaven to come to earth to fulfill your will. His temptations, I will not give in to temptation so that your will would be done. The opposition that Jesus had, I will not turn back from your plan because of this opposition. The suffering, the arrest, the trial and the torture that was put upon Jesus, he says, I will not give up following your will so that your plan will come to pass. And even at his crucifixion, When people were shouting out to him, come down from the cross and save yourself. Even on the cross, Jesus stayed on that cross, giving his life as a ransom for many so that all those people that will get to heaven will get to heaven. The success of the mission of Jesus depended on him being totally and faithfully committed to the will of the one who sent him. And right to the very end, Jesus did the Father's will. Even during that conflict in Gethsemane, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus was faithful to the very end so that he could say on the night before he died in John chapter 17, I have brought you, Father, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. What a faithful saviour we have in Jesus Christ. He was faithful to his Father and salvation was purchased. That's the first way we see his faithfulness, his faithfulness to God. The second way we see his faithfulness is his faithfulness to us, to you and to me. Throughout his life, Jesus had his mind on doing the Father's will, but he had his eye on the salvation that would be purchased for you and for me. It had to be so. What Jesus did was for the glory of the Father, but also for the good and the benefit of his people. So look at this set of verses on the screen. This set of verses show us that Jesus was faithful for us for you me 2 corinthians 5:21 god made him who had no sin to be sin for us galatians 3:13 christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us titus 2:14 jesus who gave himself for us To redeem us from all wickedness. 1 Timothy 1.15. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He couldn't save the sinners if he stayed out of the world. So he comes into the world to save us. His faithfulness led him to do this. Faithfulness to the Father's will. And commitment to us to save us. So just... Think about that for a a moment or two. All that he did, he did for you. All that self-denial, all that suffering, all that obedience, the crucifixion, everything he did, he did for you, for the glory of God and for your salvation. That's how committed Jesus Christ is to you and to me. Which makes us think, or makes me think, of that wonderful hymn. I have a friend whose faithful love is more than all the world to me. It's higher than the heights above and deeper than the deepest sea. So old, so new, so strong, so true. Before the earth received its frame. He loved me. Blessed be his name. He held the highest place above, adored by all the sons of flame. Yet such his self-denying love, he laid aside his crown and came to seek the lost. And at the cost of heavenly rank and earthly fame, he sought me. Blessed be his name. It was a lonely path he trod from every human soul apart, Known only to himself and God was all the grief that filled his heart. Yet from the track he turned not back till where I lay in want and shame, he found me. Blessed be his name. Then dawned at last that day of dread when desolate but undismayed, when wearied frame and thorn crowned head, he now Forsaken and betrayed, went up for me to Calvary and dying there in grief and shame. He saved me, blessed be his name. He loved me, he sought me, he found me, he saved me. His faithfulness, which should produce a faithfulness within me that would say, Long as I live, my song shall tell the wonders of his matchless love. And when at last I rise to dwell in that bright home prepared above, my joy shall be his face to see. And bowing then with loud acclaim, I'll praise him. Blessed be his name. You see the faithfulness of Jesus? Faithfulness to his Father, totally committed, to doing the Father's will. His faithfulness to you and me, totally committed to saving us from our sin, to bring us to glory. The faithful one. And even now, though he's in heaven, even now, this very day, when you and I sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, you want this fruit of the Spirit, faithfulness to be produced in you? I do in me. And how so? By fixing your eyes upon Jesus Christ. Consider him the faithful one, and you will be amazed at how God works that fruit of faithfulness in you, so that you, too, will be faithful to the Father's will and faithful to your spouse, faithful to your friends, faithful to your son or daughter, faithful to your work colleagues and faithful in church life. Faithful to people, faithful to God, faithfulness, exemplified in the faithful Saviour. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Thank you for your plan of salvation. And thank you, Lord Jesus, that you were willing to make that salvation happen. Thank you that you did it to honor your Father and to benefit us. Help us, we pray, in response to this wonderful faithfulness. Help us, we ask, to be faithful. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the service this morning. Thank you for the uh, work and the preparation the Sunday School of Rock have put into it to lead us into this theme of faithfulness. Thank you for your word that has explained faithfulness to us. Help us now, we pray, that this word might be planted deep within us, that we would realize that we are far more than a material person, but we are spiritual people. And may the fruit of the Spirit be seen in abundance in our life, we pray, as we fix our eyes on the Saviour who loved us and gave himself for us. And now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.